Welcome back to another episode of The Scorer's Table. I'm William Robbins, joined as always by Julian McKee. What is good, everybody? It's your man, Julian, the waviest style. You already know what the deal is. Very excited to talk some sports. It's a, The weather is beautiful outside today. I'm saying it's spring. I've only got two and a half weeks in this biz. I'm fucking out of school very soon. Hopefully it's exciting. An internship. Ah, that's exciting. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm even watching <laughs> baseball and shit just because I mm. just because I have the time on my hands now. Man, let's uh, let's get let's You're get right free. into You're it. You're free. It's almost, almost. It's been a, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Awesome. All right, so we're we're gonna start right off with a very interesting topic. Something that we have. Uh, I'll say we were we're surprised that it even happened. I didn't think this was ever going to happen. The Wizards fired Ernie Grunfeld. Now, Oof, this is a move that probably <laughs> should have happened about how many how many years ago would it be safe to say without being like too much? I mean, when you're when your star player and and a, and Javaris Crittenson bring uh, Gats inside the locker room. Yep. I mean, it's it's not. I guess you can't really have that much control if you're if you're uh, what what is the the, the Kashi guy with call it uh, if your star pringer brings uh, brings a blicky <laughs> in the locker room. <laughs> but so, I mean, it's not completely your fault. But I think that that was almost a fireable offense in and of itself, and they were incompetent at the time too. Yeah, I mean, my feeling um, my feeling is he. I think he realistically should have been fired three or four years ago. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you can't really blame him too much for the gun situation. Yeah, it's like it's like for, it's like Sean Marks right now. If all of a sudden, um, uh, Ed Davis and I don't know, Karutz Car- both brought a gun in the locker room, is that all <laughs> Sean Marks? You know. <laughs> Imagine Ed Davis like Karutz with like a shotgun or something. <laughs> But but you know what I mean. I feel like you can't really pin that on him. I understand that, but so, at the same time, they were, that that team was already like disintegrating and falling apart. And now, had given... now he's made he's made some bad moves. Mm-hmm. Um, these are I was I was reading a, a quick little article about this. These are the five worst Ernie Grunfeld moves. A hundred and one million dollar Gilbert Arenas extension as he was coming off me- major knee surgery. <laughs> then he traded the number five pick for for Andre Miller and Randy Foy in this in the Steph Curry draft. Ooh. <laughs> then he paid sixty five million dollars to Ian Mahini. <laughs> he drafted Jan Vesely with the number oh. six pick in the draft. <laughs> I remember that one. That was hilarious. And then he paid Andre Blatch. Thirty-five million dollars, which basically got amnestied like six months later. Man, I kind of liked Andre Blatch back. How in old? His... Without looking, how old is Andre Blatch? Like thirty-two. Exactly thirty-two. Oh, impressive. <laughs> I feel like I feel before before I quickly just saw that when I was looking up his contract, I would have thought he was in his in his later thirties. Yeah, it feels yeah. like forever ago, but it's because he came straight out of high school. Yeah, they just the, the Wizards just whiffed time and time and time in the draft, um, in the Grunfeld era on guys that were just either immature or raw or both. Like, yeah. my, like my man Swaggy P, like JaVale McGee. Like, he also he also has not been great in terms of coaching hires. Yeah, Randy uh, Whitman's just Randy not... Randy Whitman wasn't <laughs> Randy Whitman wasn't great. I think that uh, honestly, I do think Randy Whitman is 
not as bad as we say, but I feel like he wasn't. He just he he didn't work there. When Kevin McHale is on your resume, like associations with Kevin McHale and his tenure as a GM are on your <laughs> resume, it's not it's not a good it's not a good sign, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and then Scott Brooks, who I guess you can kind of defend the hiring, but I didn't I didn't love it. That's the thing with the the Wizards. The although Wizards... I will say, although I will say with the Scott Brooks one. It felt like they hired him to try to get Durant. Yes, I agree with that. I agree. There was that narrative for like a little bit with, oh yeah, Durant's gonna go home to DC and that whole yeah that whole thing. But that it just it just wasn't enough. Honest, it, it simply wasn't enough. A player isn't gonna excuse me just go someplace just so they can play with the coach. Like it's not yeah. 1983, bro. Like it's that's not gonna happen. So this is this is right now. This is right now how the Washington Wizards contract structure plays out. Okay. Next year, Bradley Beal earns $27 million. I have no issue with that. Not at all. Next year, Jabari Parker, team option for $20 million. Decline that. Duh. Honestly, I didn't think the Jabari Parker trade was that that bad purely because um, it's not like he was a long-term piece anyway. Uh, I don't think any of the they Wizards didn't sign him trades, to that deal. None of the Wizards trades during the season were bad. They just were weird. It exactly. just didn't really That's make a better sense. way of saying it. Like it, it like trip like trading for Ariza wasn't really a bad move because all they have to do is give up Ubre, who's been pretty good this year. I was I still have some Kelly Ubre stock. He's been pretty good in Phoenix this year, but yeah, but again, what the else were they gonna get for him? You know? But again, the other problem was they didn't want to have to pay him. Yeah, exactly. So I don't And, I, I don't and I'm not sure I'd want to pay him either. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. So then, responsible. Then far. you have Jan Mahini, who uh, who was earning fifteen point five million dollars next year, Jesus. which is a big yikes. <laughs> Dwight Howard has a player option for five point six million next year. <laughs> oh, he's taking that. You already know they're gonna then, ass out. Nobody's giving Dwight Howard five million dollars in nope, the open market. Nope. And then there is Troy Brown. Who who uh, three million dollars? Whatever he was a first round pick this year. I didn't really love the pick. I don't. We'll see what he turns into. But whatever. Yeah. Then John Wall. Oh boy. Thirty eight million dollars next year. Um. And by the way, he's not gonna play a single minute next year. Not one so minute. 30... He's not back at all. No, he's not expected to come back until the start of the season after. Oh my God, Jesus Christ. Yep. Then. Then he makes forty-one million dollars the year after that. Forty-four the million dollar af- million dollars the year after that, and then he has a player option the following year, which you know he could decline, but it's for forty-seven million dollars. God, now so Julian, bad. let's play a game. All right. Does John Wall pick up that player option for forty-seven million dollars? <laughs> Uh, I'm not even going to answer that question because we, we played this game with Nicholas Batum last, last episode. It's, it's a fan favorite game. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, I'm, I, I'm not sure. I, would... I don't think so. <laughs> I... <laughs> so obviously, obviously, yeah. So they have five, they have essentially five players under contract for next year. Yes. Do you know how much total they are paying those five players? A hundred and ten million dollars. Oh God! Now, do you know what the salary cap is? Like close to that. A hundred and nine million. <laughs> <laughs> the Wizards 
Caesar's is still over the cap. That's that's hilarious. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I I need to backtrack one thing I just said. That that's including Jabari Parker's twenty million dollar. Oh, okay, okay. Decline. Okay, so I apologize about that. I, I was reading that too quickly, All but right. still fine. So so still that would be 80, 80 or ninety million. Yeah, that would be ninety million dollars for for five people. And of it, those five people, only. One is actually a player you want on your team. One, maybe two, are actually players you'd want on your team. And the thing is, the Wizards actually have to kind of dole money into other areas because uh, I did not hear my man Thomas Sadoransky or Thomas Bryant in you the did not in the names that you mentioned. You so did not they, that those guys are going to get a little money in free agency. Not going to get that much money, but. There's many teams who could use a point guard, like yep. the Phoenix Suns, unless they when, – when the Phoenix Suns give Terry Rozier $60 million, they will need a backup point guard. Excuse me. <laughs> so, perfect for to- Thomas Sadoransky for them to throw some money at him. There's so many guys in cap space. Those guys are going to get bound to – are going to be bound to overpaid. Yeah. And Portis and- is a free agent too, right? Yes, he is. I like Portis. He's pretty good. When no, he's, like, I believe – Like sharp objects and stuff like that. So- so Portis, they're going to have – he'll be a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the other name you just said? Thomas Bryant, he's just a free agent. Thomas Sadoransky, just a free agent. Man, this, is, this team, this Cavs situation is just – No, it's tough. It's tough, but I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. And this is something we, we talked about briefly before. There are three teams right now. That are going to be looking for general managers in the offseason. That we know of right now. That we know okay. of right now. Yes. Obviously, people could still be fired. Yes. The New Orleans Pelicans, the Phoenix Suns, and the Washington Wizards. If you are, let's say, I'd say I'd say right now, and I feel like you would agree, right now, the most el- the, the most desirable person to be a GM who's not already one is Mike Zarin. Uh-huh. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would agree. Okay, so he's with the Celtics. I still don't think he's going to go with any of those teams. If he turned down, I mean, he turned down Philly last year. I don't see him going to any one of these teams. He's like Josh McDaniels. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean he's uh, Celtics fans are very lucky to have Zara, and he grew up a Celtics fan. Mm-hmm. He has always lived in Boston his whole life. He doesn't want to leave. He'll yeah. probably end up taking over for Danny Ainge. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think the Nets uh, trajectory is going to kind of become Zarin in a few years. You know, think? I think yeah. so. I, I'm a big fan of Langdon. He's done good scouting so far, and the Nets G League team is really good. And he yeah. got but, a, but let, let, Let's pretend for a second that that we are Mike Zarin, and you have right. to accept one of these three teams. Okay. Which team are you accepting? So I first have a I, I have a question. Sure. Do I have a team of criminals to my use? Can oh, I like do I, do I have some no, you do not. Okay, because I would say the Wizards, but on the same time, I would like to kidnap the family of a rival executive so that they'll take his contract. <laughs> because, because otherwise, I don't understand how you move that deal. Like that deal is so bad. On the on the other hand, no when, trade is not no when, trade is immovable. I mean, if, no contract is immovable. If Kevin McHale or Jim Paxson is a GM in the <laughs> National Basketball Association, there is a chance something can happen with this contract. 
Okay. And who knows? Maybe, maybe fucking stupid psych. I don't know why I was gonna call him a psycho person, but fucking stupid Steve Mills. Maybe they don't get the Knicks don't get Kevin Durant, and Steve Mills just does a fucking bump of coke, and it's just like. Yeah, okay, I don't see I don't uh, see that I don't really see that happening. Get but... John Wall. Let's let's fill up our salary cap with John Wall. Like if anything, I could see the uh the wizard I mean not the 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 Lakers doing that. Clutch client, so there's that connection. They strike out on everyone else, LeBron wants someone, they bring him in. I could see that happening. And if that were the case, I would completely choose the Wizards. But one of the reasons I would be choosing them is just because the other two options are so bad. Phoenix has young play, has has good young pieces. Even yep. though both both of us are less high on Devin Booker than other people are. That's correct. We're and I think we definitely decided both of us that there's definitely about like 25 30 players that we would rather have than Devin Booker right now. Well, yeah, yeah. And that definitely says something when that's supposed to be the best young piece in your franchise. I like eight. I actually I actually think pick. I actually think that Aiton is their best young piece. Really? I think that's interesting. I, I like Aiden and I don't know if Aiden is ever going to be a superstar, but I don't know. I mean, you look at him and he looks and he looks like David Robinson. Yeah, I agree. Physically, physically, not on defense. I think Aiden's going to be one of those guys who you look back and his, and he's going to have made like maybe six, six all-star teams or something like that. He reminds me of LaMarcus Aldridge actually. Yeah, and a lot of his a lot of his game. I think that I, I think it. I think he could definitely turn into a player like that. But at the same time, if if I were to take the Suns' job, I would have to. I mean, deal anybody can fire Sarver. a fucking coach, but I would have to deal with Robert Sarver, who is the worst owner in the NBA. Yes, James Dolan, he's worse than your stupid pussy trash ass. Okay, okay, he's worse than you, James Dolan. Robert Sarver is worse than you somehow because he put like. Feces I, in the. I I, I agree with of that. General manager once. I don't want feces in my office. I agree with that because for for all of Dolan's faults, um, he is willing to spend money on the team, and I feel like that has to count for something. I agree. It counts for a little something that puts Robert Sarver worse than him. So because if you're a GM, you can't work under that kind of environment and expect to succeed. So that's why I would decide between the Wizards and the Pelicans. I would go with the Wizards. <laughs> And the Pelicans don't exactly have a great ownership group of themselves. They have a football team's medical staff and a widow who I'm not really sure if... I mean, does she want to own an NBA team? Yale Benson said she has no plans to sell the team. And which means that team which, will stay in New Orleans and not go to Seattle. Essentially. So I, w- I, would, Seattle, I would go I would with completely choose them. But yeah, I, I would, would go with the Wizards because Bradley Beal, 25 years old, he's under contract for the next two seasons after this. Yeah. Then you eventually are going to have some cap space. If you can figure out Mahini gains value this summer as a, as an expiring contract. Mm-hmm. If somehow Dwight Howard doesn't come back, that's great. But John Wall you're you're stuck with for for at least next year. Maybe you trade him. You you put out a few rumors the following year. Oh, John Wall, he's looking great. His burst is back. He's been working on his jump shot while he's been out. He, you know, I, like you can already see a few of those reports. He looks better yeah. than ever. No contract is unmovable. And you might have to package something that you don't want to, but you have Bradley to do that. <laughs> no, no. 
but I I don't think it's untradeable. And Washington also is in the best location out of all three of those teams. It's much easier to get a free agent to come to Washington than it would be to get um to get them to come to New Orleans or Phoenix. On top of that, Washington has a pretty good ownership group. Yeah. They have proven to a fault because I can't remember who their other owner's name is, but he also owns the Capitals. Is it Leonsis or is that Yes, yes. Is it... Yes. Um Ted Ted Leonsis or something. Mm-hmm. Let Lenesis, something like that. But um, but yeah, he's proven that once he hires a GM, they have their job security, and that's so valuable. That's if you have the right GM with that ownership mindset, that is the biggest thing you can have as a franchise. It's the reason why. That's the difference right there between the Celtics and the. the the old Kings. Mm-hmm. I'll say old Kings because I like De'Aaron Fox. Um, or or the Spurs and um, the Hornets. You know, mm-hmm. if you can get an owner commi- who commits to to being like, okay, this is our GM for the next at least five years. We want you to build the team in your vision. Yeah, I agree. That's, that ownership- that's that's the most valuable thing you can have. Ownership for a GM is just so essential. Like, it's hilarious to – I know that we don't talk about baseball on this podcast, and I don't, like, follow, like, non-Yankees and Mets teams, really. But the the Cleveland Indians owner is James Dolan's cousin, and he's, like, cheap James that. Dolan. He's cheap James Dolan. And what's <laughs> funny – and what's funny is you said that the Indians, right? Yeah, yeah, he was like their they have, Indians they have best Frank player. Kona, who's one of the best managers in the league. Yeah, and the Indians' best player, Francisco Lindo, who's like a cheap, young, fantastic shortstop. He's like, yeah, yep. you better enjoy, enjoy him. him while you have him. <laughs> yep, that's not that's not good. That's hilarious. All right, so you ready to move on? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so our next topic, we are going to go through the top eight seeds in the West because the playoff seeding. Is the playoff seating itself is not set in the West, but the eight teams are. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to talk about the the biggest X factor for each of the eight teams. the The seating itself might change, but the but this stays the same. So right now, the number one seed is the Golden State Warriors. Who is your X factor? My X factor has to be Boogie. He's the X factor if he. I don't think that the Warriors are going to play Boogie, and that's why he is their biggest X factor. Because who is going to take Boogie's minutes? And my my X factor, Jonas Jerebko. Ooh, I like that because he would be the guy who would take some of Boogie's minutes, right? Unless you want Kevin Looney putting up thirty minutes a game. No, you do the not. Thing is like the center position, honestly, in general, is their X factor as far as who plays that position for them. Because it doesn't look like Boogie can play it now because he's still kind of a little injured. He's getting just terrorized on defense. He was fantastic last night against Denver, though. He was? Yeah, he was. I believe he had, like, 28 points. Well, I guess when... I mean, against Vucevic isn't exactly fucking Dikembe Mutombo. Jokic. So it doesn't really... I mean, oh, <laughs> Jokic. <laughs> I've been, I've, I, have, I have the magic on my mind so much nowadays because of, like, yeah. playoff raves. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah. I see, I see what you're saying about about him. The reason I want to go with Jerebko is because he is an incredibly versatile player. 
He's six foot ten. You can throw him out there playing like you could have a lineup hypothetically of Curry, Thompson, Iggy, Durant, Jarebko. Jarebko's six ten. Yeah, that was like six eight. Oh, six ten. Yeah, six ten. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, he can space the floor. He's a good three point shooter. He's he's a pretty good rebounder. And he's not going to get pushed around on defense, at least. He's not a plus defender, but he tries his ass off. Uh-huh. If, he can, if he can give them something in the playoffs, and he can go on a run, and she's shooting above 40% from three, because I uh-huh. still think that their best lineup, and Boogie has been really good re- over, over the last few days, but their, their best lineup is still having five people around the perimeter and letting Steph Curry and Kevin Durant do their thing. No, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. It makes sense. And I don't know. I don't know if Boogie is capable of just standing at the three point line for the entire game without getting upset, but we know Jarebko is. Yeah. And the All thing right. with the Warriors yeah. though, is that they just, they're just, it feels like it feels for them that Iguodala and Livingston are hanging on by a thread right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is that the, the, these guys' last year of being contributing players on an NBA team? Well, they a still have a few more years on salaries, but well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, bodily wise, like those guys have had so many miles on their bodies. I can see. When you I think about see, Livingston. I could see Iguodala having a few more, maybe just not as uh, as prominently featured, you know? Because yeah. he is st- such a huge player for them still, and like Livingston, like. He, he, like, literally lost a leg for a few years, like, way back. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you count, like, all that rehab and the miles on his body, he's I probably, mean, like, Iguod- three years older than his age says, you know? Iguodala's been rough this year. Mm-hmm. But he's, I, I believe he'll come, ar- come yeah. alive in the playoffs. And that makes Jarebko even more essential. Yes. All right. The next team, Denver Nuggets, in the number two seed right now. My player is Paul Millsap. Mm, I like that. I like that. The reason I say Paul Millsap is because if you look at their roster, they have more guards than they know what to do with. Yeah. And I I look at them, I feel like we know what Jokic is going to give you. Uh-huh. We know we know hopefully that Jamal Murray continues to play pretty well. Uh-huh. But if he doesn't play well, you still have Gary Harris, you have Will Barton, you have Monte Morris, you have Malik Beasley. Way uh-huh. down that you have Isaiah Thomas if he actually gets into the game. Uh-huh. But they have lots of options at guards. In terms of wings and like power forward slash small forward, they need Millsap. They really, really need Millsap to contribute. And uh-huh. Millsap, Millsap has been up and down this year. I mean, he, he ha- he's had some injuries as he does, but he's still averaging 13 and 7. Yeah. But if we can just get like cuz I think I think that the Nuggets are one of those teams with a high upset potential. Mhm. I could very easily see them being out in the first round despite being like the number 2 seed. Cuz I mean, right we, now if the playoffs Spurs playoff started yeah. today, they're playing the Spurs. I would pick the Spurs against them. I would pick the Spurs against them. I would pick the Thunder against them too. Which, the Thunder are the 8 seed now. Jesus. Well, the Thunder Christ. have been terrible the last few weeks. Oh my god. We'll, <clears throat> we'll get to a little bit later. They're 3 and uh, 7 I, in their last 10. <laughs> That is a terrifying eight seed, though I have to say. Like Warriors, they're in the first rounds. Like, 
Well, it's funny. <laughs> the, the three teams that I'd want to play the most in the playoffs would probably yeah. be the Blazers. Yes. Uh, the Nuggets. And the Jazz. Yeah, I would rather play the Jazz than like the Clippers or the Yeah. Rockets. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but Millsap, Millsap this year, I mean, he's, if you look at his last few games, 11 points, 13 points, 14, 8, 10, 6, 8. They just, they need to get vintage Millsap back to be able to really make a run. That's why I think he's their biggest X factor. Would you agree? I, I, uh, I, I have another player in mind, sure. but I agree with what you're saying about Millsap. They do need him to step him up more because he's that, I mean, even when Millsap's bad, he's not that bad as far as he's like that guy oh, yeah, that, no, still, you know, like, still a, uh, Mike Francesa, like the What's Mike Francesas of the world would be like, ah, yeah, it's like, he's got his lunch pail going to work, Paul Millsap. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. He's one of those guys. He's always going to contribute something. But I would say my X Factor is Mr. Will Barton, one okay. of my, one of the players I enjoy watching um, on the, on the higher side of this league. Um, just because, like you said, the Nuggets have such a guard, a, a glut of guards, I guess. And recently, there hasn't really been a standout as far as Malik Beasley's done work this year. But the Nuggets are going to need either Gary Harris or Will Barton to step up. And personally, I just trust Will Barton a little bit more because he is someone who can just go off and be like, all right, 35 points in 35 minutes. Here you go. I, yeah, of course. He's that kind of a heat check guy. And they haven't really gotten that from him lately. I mean, just the other night against the Wizards. Four of 15, two of 10. Well, that that's my fear with the Nuggets, is they have a lot of those volume scorer kind of guards that you could very easily see dropping 30 points in 25 minutes, or they completely shoot you out of a game. Will Barton is someone who's just, he, he's he's not a, a good percentage shooter. I mean, he's, you I mean, he's, the Blazers he's 40, he's 40% of uh, field goal, though. Oh, man, that's true, that's true, that's true. Will Barton's nice, bro. Yeah. He's uh, pick number 40. Of round two in 2012. Yeah, he was a good player. But, but um, yeah, he's he's under 35% this year from three. He's he, they If he can get hot, he's the kind of guy who could swing a playoff series for the Nuggets. Fair enough. All right, next team, Houston Rockets. They're in the third seed. They're a game behind, uh, behind Denver. My pick for them, Austin Rivers. Ooh, ooh okay, okay, okay. And, and the reason is incredibly simple. If Austin, if you can play, and he's not even, and you don't even, Austin Rivers is, is a is a heat check guy. We can agree on that. I agree with that. The reason I think Austin Rivers is their most, or their biggest X factor, is because if he's capable of playing over 25 minutes a game, that's huge to not ask Chris Paul to play so much. No, I agree. Because, because I worry about Chris Paul's health. No, that's completely true. It's completely valid. Paul, at this point, is like, he, he's, he's on life support. Like, like I mean, he's Chris still Paul, playing on a pretty high level. Don't get Chris me wrong. Chris Paul is one like, of the best point guards in the league still, undoubtedly. And his body is being held together by, like, needles and screws. <laughs> it's like the fucking Tin Man or something. Like, he's just, yeah. like, Paul is just not going to be together for much and longer. And you, you saw it in the postseason last year. He can't, um, you can't just play him for over 35 minutes a game. If you can keep Chris Paul around 32 minutes a game, and just get like 20 25 min- good minutes out of uh, out of Austin Rivers that's huge the uh-huh. reason i say Austin Rivers is a bigger x factor than Gerald Green or like Amon Shumpert is just because i feel like Gerald Green also has i'm sorry uh, Austin Rivers 
has that, again, 30 points in 30-minute potential. And mm-hmm. Gerald Green has a little bit of that, but he's a little bit older. Yeah, I agree. And my my pick uh, is kind of close to yours as far as that, that heat check guy. I have to say that the X Factor for the Rockets is Eric Gordon. That's because fair. he's had a he's, he's had an under, underwhelming year. year. Yeah, he's only thirty five only only for him thirty five percent from well, three. Forty well, percent from the field. Yes, um, he's actually shooting worse than Will Barton is this year. <laughs> but, but the thing is with Gordon is that he's actually looked better lately in his last and you, five and you, games. And everyone he's, knows uh, six eleven best shooters in the league. Yeah, in his last five games, six eleven, six of eleven, four of six, five of eleven, five of ten from three. Very, he, there was an O of five performance mixed in there, but <laughs> very encouraging signs for someone who's just been so cold for a lot of this year. And because the Rockets still just need hello threes to go in the basket, I think yep. that is that guy because, yeah, like he's the guy who can swing the playoff series. He can be like, I right, bet 33 points in 28 minutes, beat yep. that, you know? All right, the next team, and this is one of our big upset picks, obviously. The Portland Trailblazers. Uh, I first of all, before I even say anything else, I feel terrible for the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, man, seriously, it sucks. But my biggest X factor for them, and the reason I say this, actually, actually, I'll just say this first, then I'll get to that, is Rodney Hood. Ooh, I like that. And I, I wanted to make it, um, I wanted to make it Zach Collins. Because I believe that Zach Collins is the best center they have on their roster. Now that now that Nurkic is out. By the way, Nurkic, such a good season he was having. It's really a shame. Yeah, definitely. He, he, was, he was one of the best defensive players in the league this year. And they just, they, certainly Cantor isn't filling that void. Well, Although that's, that's exactly what I'm about to them. talk about. That's exactly, that's exactly what I'm about good to for say. Them, but he can't play the defense that, that I wonder that someone like... Uh, Someone like Zach Collins could, because Zach Collins can move on the perimeter. The problem is, what's and what shoot threes? Is, what points is Zach Collins going to give you, though? Well, he can shoot threes, and I'm saying he that can if you shoot have some threes, but like if you, if man, you have Lillard and McCollum and like Rodney Hood on the on the on the court, then I would I don't really want I don't really want Cantor there. I'd rather have the floor space that way. Uh, Damian Lillard can drive to the hoop. But here is why my man Enos Cantor, I think, is my playoff X factor because. You need someone on that team, and Nurkic was this guy. You need someone on your team to say, you know what, get in your face and say, you know what, go fuck yourself. Okay. That's what that's what Cantor can do, and that's what Nurkic did so well, I think. Yeah. And um, I mean, Cantor's done work recently. I mean, ever since that game against the Nets, he didn't really do anything. He didn't really do anything against the Bulls, but other last night, uh, twenty and eleven against the T Wolves. Before then, twenty and fifteen against the Pistons. And by the way, last night he had four blocks. Cantor's yeah. just that kind of a guy. And he's still... It's funny. Cantor's only 26. Yeah. Cantor is only 26. That is younger than you'd expect. Yeah. he was. I, I always forget that he was the third pick in the draft, too. Yeah, behind Derek Williams, which... Whatever. But so, anyway, like... The, re- the, reason, the-, the reason I say Rodney Hood yeah. is because we're not sure what shape C.J. McCollum, when he eventually does come back, will be in. Yes. And he has now missed the last one, two, three, four, like nine, ten games. Yeah. Um, and he's probably going to miss the next few games too. Mm-hmm. So if he can't come back, you're going to need, or at least he—I mean, he will be back. But if he can't, 
come back and be the same player. You need someone to score a little bit, and I feel like that has to be Hood. All right, the next team, Utah Jazz. Who's your pick for the Utah Jazz? For the Jazz, this is tough. Who do you have first? I want to hear your pick. All right, I have Jay Crowder. That's interesting. And I'm not the right person to really talk about Jay Crowder. I'm very biased about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny because the thing that pissed me off the most about Jay Crowder is the same freaking thing that Tatum does. It's you pump fake the three and take one step in and take a mid-range. <laughs> God, that irritated me about Crowder, and Tatum does the same thing. But that's a topic for another day. The reason I say Jay Crowder is their most or their biggest X factor is because you know what you're getting out of Donovan Mitchell. You know what you're getting out of Rudy Gobert. You know what you're getting out of Joe Ingles and Rubio and Favors and Corver. But every one of those players, besides um, besides pretty much like Donovan Mitchell and Rubio, I guess. Give you one thing, but not the other. So Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert, or, or sorry, like like in the uh, in the wing position. So Joe Ingles would give you a whole. He, he he. Joe Ingles is one of the best shooters in the league. Yes, but he is not the defender that Jay Crowder is. Yes, and Jay Crowder, if he can, I mean, this year Jay Crowder is shooting thirty three percent from three point. If he could even get that up to thirty eight percent. Then suddenly, suddenly he's in all the closing lineups, and he doesn't need the ball in his hands. He can just stand there and shoot. You can have Mitchell and Rubio and Derek Favors take the majority of your shots, or and, and Ingles, I guess, and then worry about the rest later. But Crowder, I mean, this year is shooting 40% from the field, 33% from three-point. But he's just he's such a versatile player and can match up with so many different positions. Yeah. That I feel like him being healthy would be, I mean, him being the player that we know he's capable of would be so huge. I think that's true, but I actually have a different X Factor. Someone who, until the other day, I completely forgot that he was in the NBA. Okay. Tabo Cephalosha. Yikes. Tabo Cephalosha was he still plays for him. back in the day. Yeah, he's 34 years old. But I still think that Cephalosha can give something to you. And I was actually, for some reason, I was watching a little bit of Jazz Hornets the other night. And Cephalosha, 14 points, 4-5 from 3, 3 rebounds, 2 steals, played good defense in 23 minutes. If that's the kind of production you can get from Cephalosha, shit. Another team that you know what you might be getting for. If, If he can get that old form back, yeah, that's I feel, like, nice I feel like a big thing. I feel like a big thing to be a uh, to be an X factor is you have to also be capable of standing in one place. You know, true. All right, no, I agree. Next team up, Los Angeles Clippers. Ooh. Um, now this team is tough to gauge an X factor because they literally have ten guys that I all that I like. Yes. I like Gallinari, I like Shamet, I like Beverly, Williams, SGA, Harold, Zubach, Green. They they just they, they have guys. Uh-huh. They got bodies, that's true. They got bodies, and I think that their biggest X factor, and this is this is so far the biggest name that I've said, has to be Gallinari. Uh-huh. Because Lou Williams Lou Williams is probably their best player. And him and Montrez Harrell have a great two-man game. Harrell has been fantastic this year. 17 mm-hmm. points a game. 
but neither, with, but but neither of those guys. Lou Will is great, but he's an undersized guard. Tobias Harris is a, is like the six ten sweet shooter, and he's just like like I've always been a I've always been a Gallinari. I'm sorry, did I say Tobias Harris? Yeah, I meant, I'm sorry, I meant Gallinari. <laughs> so here, I don't know what I'm saying, but I feel like for them to really go far, he needs to evolve into that twenty three, twenty four, twenty five point per game score. Yeah. And over the last few games, he's been fantastic. These are his last few games. 34, 25, 27, 20, 24, 27, 26, 25, 14, 27. So, so recently he's been on a tear that shows like, hey, like he can be good. Yes. Um, he just has to keep it up through the playoffs. Because I think that if he he's one of the toughest players to guard. Because he's just so tall and can shoot right over you, and he's yeah. got and he's got that European game where he can just hit some crazy shots. No, I agree. I've always been a Gallo fan ever since he was back in New York. Because I thought he was a bust, right? When I was my my old time bias against European players, I was like, yeah. yeah, this has got a strange name. He's from Italy. This guy's gonna be fucking trash." <laughs> Especially because I saw like Bargnani be really terrible like right before that. Yeah. But um, I, I actually have to disagree because the, the, the Clippers are like they are that Cinderella team. Like I would love to see the Clippers like actually make a real run. Like you could yeah. like <laughs> you know, <speaking. laughs> Oh, you can totally if you told me if you told me that in the Western Conference Finals with the Clippers and the Warriors, I'd believe that. Yeah, I agree. It could be like a you could, they could make like an actual Hollywood movie, you know? You could get yeah, like I mean, uh, they're 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 super they're super well coached. Every single player on their league or sorry, every single player on their team knows their roles. Mhm. They have they have guys that can shut you down at multiple positions. You have, um, you have Patrick Beverly who can guard because this is a very point guard heavy, um, heavy group. Like you got Curry, you got Harden, you got Lillard, you got, um, you got Westbrook, you got Donovan Mitchell. So having Beverly is huge for them. I agree. I agree. And like, <laughs> I was just thinking, who would play Steve Ballmer in a movie about the Clippers? You like Stallone? <laughs> I don't see, losing his mind. I don't see that, but oh you can God, get like a, a, I don't know. You can get like Charlie Sheen to be Gallinari, <laughs> going that mad coke on say. set. <laughs> that I can say. Anyway, back to the Clippers. I have to back to the players at least. My X factor is SGA. He was okay. fantastic at the beginning of the year, yep. and then he really cooled off. He was giving us a little bit of shade. To be completely honest, he was giving shades of Michael Carter Williams for a few weeks. Yeah, but. Recently, he's been fantastic. Even though it was he was getting guarded by the defensive equivalent of the witness protection program in Colin Sexton <laughs> and Jordan Clarkson last yep. night, uh, he was getting. Two nights he, ago, yeah. yeah. He put up twenty-two points against the Cavs. Yep. And then he put uh, eight assists in that game. Like SGA, oh, that guy who got, can, he's got potential for sure. He can. He's one of those guys who can fill up the stat sheet on every single night, and he's had some really good games in this past ten. Just a lot of double-digit uh, point performances, getting some, you know, six, eight assists kind of per game, 38% from three on the season. SGA, if he can put, like, if, if in a playoff season, well, he's he can a, he's put He's a up good defender. He's long. He can... 6'11 wingspan. All right. I want to read you something here because okay. you just reminded me. I think this is hysterical. Okay. This was Michael Carter-Williams' first game in the league. Ooh, okay. 22 points. 12 assists, 7 rebounds, 9 steals, 4 for 6 from 3 point. Yeah, 9 steals? 
He almost had a quadruple double in his first game. Oh four for God. six from three. There's a reason why people were high on him initially. Oh yeah, and then everybody figured it out like. And then and then don't and this guard, was, just just don't stand next to him. And then this <laughs> this this was the stat in his last game of the year. Yeah. Twelve points, four assists, six rebounds, three for ten shooting. Guarding Michael Carter Williams is like dating someone with really bad breath. It's just you want to stay uh, like away from like a five foot radius every time. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, sorry, 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 more, sorry. More about more about more about SGA. You just you just you distracted me with the Michael anyway, Carter Williams. I I actually thought that shy uh, that SGA's real first name was Shy. It's an abbreviation for Shyvante. Did not know that. I know Shyvante Aisian Aisian. That's a cool name. Gilgis Alexander. It's a long ass name. Anyway. Anyway, I think he's my X Factor. All right, so versatile. And ready to get on to the next team? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> San Antonio Spurs. Ooh, would, would be your X Factor. Okay, I'm really tempted to pick my man Lonnie Walker Jr. Okay, but that means he has to get off the court or to get <laughs> on the court, so it's not happening. <laughs> he's gotten off the bench like three times this entire year. Yeah. All right. So, so who would you actually pick? Uh, I would pick probably. Honestly, I would pick DeRozan. DeRozan okay. had a good year. He's had a good year. He was a definitely an All Star candidate in a yep. in the East. He was a bona fide All Star. But like, I feel kind of bad picking DeRozan just because the Spurs are the Spurs, and the X factor I think has always kind of got to be Popovich because Aldridge has actually looked fantastic in a lot of games this year. Albeit, I watched the game good. yet against the Celtics very recently. Oh my god, so he was I might be like I texted, biased, you, but... <laughs> I texted you before the game, and I was like, I hate playing the Spurs because they have three <laughs> or four guys that every single game. Tear us up, and the names I listed were Aldridge, Bertans, um, DeRozan, and Derek White. Yeah, I I love Bertans. I'm still waiting for him to. I feel like Bertans could make like a little next jump in his game. Like I All really right, well Bertans Bertans is my probably my biggest X factor. Yes, just because I feel like he's a he's a pretty good defender. He's a pretty good rebounder. Um, sorry, I'm sorry. I did not mean rebounder. I did not mean rebounder. He's not a great rebounder. I meant to say he's he's a he's a pretty good um he's a pretty good shooter, and I mean this year this year Bertans is shooting 44 percent from three. Yeah, and huh, in the first game the Spurs played the Celtics. I don't actually have this stat on me, so as I'm talking about it, I'm gonna find it. Um, but I don't I don't remember him missing that game. Mm-hmm. Um. And and Bertans is just that kind of player, so he he has that potential. Do you remember when they played the Spurs a few years back, and he put and Pop put uh, Matt Bonner in the starting yeah, line yeah. <laughs> that way Bonner couldn't be near the hoop. He's a fucking genius. Popovich is a genius, and I actually have to say one of my maybe a different X factor that I have for the Spurs is Brett Forbes. All right, that's fair. Forbes has done work this year. Forty-two percent from three. You know what you're getting with Forbes, essentially. He's a really good bench scorer who can just heat-check you a game sometimes. And I actually really like Derek White, but White has been an absolute zero on offense multiple times in like the last month and a half or so. All right, that, and, game, that game against the Celtics that I was talking about, Yeah, he was 5 of 7 from 3. Ooh, okay. Okay, okay. I see, bro, but uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> the, the Spurs just have like five different X-Factors on their team. If their bench can play to the level that each of their players has shown that they can. Yeah. This team, I would not be shocked if I wake up in a few months with a beautiful girl by my side, of course, and it's like, oh, the Spurs are in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, same. You know? like- <laughs> I, I don't. The Western Conference Finals is going to be a, or the Western Conference playoffs is going to be a bloodbath. All right, I the see. next team. 
And the final team, Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, I had written someone down. Initially, I had said Jeremy Grant. Mm, but I, I have to change it to Paul George. Mm, okay. Because Paul George has not been great over the last few weeks. Also, really, really quick. Shout out to Russell Westbrook. 20 points, 20 rebounds, 21 assists. Was, Only twice in NBA history have there ever been a 2020 uh, 2020-20 game. Him mm-hmm. and Wilt Chamberlain. So basically, wow. it's only Russell Westbrook. That's fantastic. That's For the longest fantastic. time, the most impressive triple-double I ever saw was Rondo. He had 18-17-17. Mm-hmm. This is now the most incredible triple-double I've ever seen. I'd agree. I mean, it's some definitely some legendary stat chasing involved, but good for Russell Westbrook. I feel like he did that for the last rebound when really? he saw he was at 19. You thought he just like stopped shooting randomly and started passing? Or... His I, shot I didn't watch the game. That game. Oh, his okay. shot was I didn't watch not the falling that game. And to his, I think he was like, I can't remember what he shot. It was not good that game. And honestly, he was, um, he pretty much stopped shooting. He he recognized that he was off. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there was a there, but, he definitely kind of that but then, game. But then he, he dedicated uh, the uh, then he dedicated the game to Nipsey Hussle, which yeah, was that was fantastic. That was just fantastic. amazing. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean Westbrook that game shot. Where is it? Westbrook that game shot eight of twenty-three. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that he stopped shooting and looked to pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Actually, true. actually, I guess in that case he had twenty, 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 twenty. Twenty-three shot attempts, twenty twenty rebounds, twenty-one assists, twenty-four. I mean, uh, twenty points. Yeah. But twenty-three shot attempts in there too. And for Westbrook, who turns the ball over only two turnovers, which is impressive. But the reason I say Paul George is because they are three and seven in their last ten, and they are now eight of sixteen or something in their last few in like their last games, Ugh. and it's, and and it's, and it's been ever since Paul George had this shoulder issue. Even though he's looked, his stats look pretty good recently, though. Yeah, it's just he's not he hasn't looked the same. Like last night, he was he was eight of seventeen, three of eight from three. Uh huh. But it just he's not playing with the same aggressiveness he did earlier in the year. That's very troubling. Um, and that's and they need him to be at that third number three MVP choice for them to really make a run. Because yeah. right now, no, right now, agree. right now they're going to be playing the Warriors in the first round of the playoffs, and that means first round exit. Yeah, I agree. And, and we both said that Thunder a few weeks ago. We both said the Thunder are capable of beating the Warriors, and I still think they are. Yeah, but. I don't know. I mean, it's tough for it's tough for me to really like a team that Abdel Nader plays legitimate minutes for. <laughs> You're not an Abdel Nader fan. Oh God, he was terrible in the Celtics. <laughs> All right, our last topic of this episode of the scores table. Quick little wrap up topic. There are three teams at the bottom of the Eastern Conference that are actually, I guess, four teams that are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, and three are going to get in. Those teams are the Pistons, who are 39 and 38, Brooklyn, that is 39 and 39, Miami, which is 38 and 39, and Orlando, which is 38 and 40. And Orlando has the easiest schedule going forward. The Nets have the hardest, Miami has the medium, and I think at this point we could just pencil Detroit in. I'm, yeah, I'm penciling Detroit in. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so if you, if you go to my favorite website, tankathon.com, and look at remaining schedule strength. Okay. Orlando has the easiest schedule in the league. They have four games left. They play Boston, 
that's, that's a tough game, but who who even knows if Boston will try that game? Mm-hmm. And then New York, who are trying to lose. Atlanta, who are basically trying to lose. And yep. Charlotte, where who the fuck knows it's Charlotte. Um, Brooklyn has four games left. Milwaukee, Toronto, Indiana, and Miami. Miami and Indiana, we know we're going to try their ass off. Um... The Bucks, I feel like they will try just because they need to make sure they have momentum going into the playoffs with all their injuries. Uh-huh. Toronto remains to be seen. Oh my god! Oh, I really, I, we need to make the playoffs. I want to make the playoffs so bad because I haven't had a, a, a favorite team of mine make the playoffs in yeah. the, since the Carmelo Knicks. It's been a really long time since Miami. I was... Miami has the seventh. <laughs> hardest schedule they play the raptors again remains to be seen what they do the sixers i see the sixers continuing to try um the celtics who who knows the nets which obviously they're also competing with each other and then they play the timberwolves who i assume will try because ryan saunders is also coaching for his job yes and one interesting thing to remember is that the nets hold the tiebreaker Above not only Detroit but also Orlando and also um, the Heat, even though that might change if because they do play each other on the last game of the season, which could be just winner gets to the playoffs. Yeah. Very conceivable that happens. So the now, Nets do hold the tiebreakers. Now, I don't want now if I have to pick. So so we we both agreed that that Detroit is in. Yes. Even though even though they're currently tied. Or uh, they're only half a game up on the Nets. I feel like they're also in too. Yeah. Um, also, I just I'm, I would be really excited for Detroit Philly for a round. Like that's yeah, it's just gonna be interesting. Like that would be I, cool. Just Drummond versus Embiid. Drummond might punch him in the face. Like it just might be really fun to watch. Plus, <laughs> it might be plus, like the Palace and the Palace like, part too. I feel like Blake might make a concerted effort to show I'm the best player in this game. No, I agree. Even though, I mean, even though obviously it's Embiid, but I feel like Blake still believes he's one of the best, and, because, and Blake is still one of the best. And because both teams are slow, yeah, and don't pay, don't play that fast. I think it's, it might just be end up just being a complete grinded out series. Like, yeah, watch. <laughs> I remember the Pistons. Wasn't that like a week or two ago? They were playing Thon Maker, Drummond, and Blake together. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. Well, come Dwayne on, Casey, Casey. I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but. <laughs> I now, if I as a, as a as a basketball fan, mm-hmm. I would like it to be Detroit plays Philly in the first round. Yes. The Nets play um the Nets play Toronto in the first round. Mm-hmm. And Miami plays Milwaukee in the first round. Yes. As a basketball fan, those are the three series I'd want to see most. I agree because I want Wade to I, I also hope that Wade's last game is is at home because he deserves well, also, the send off. I feel like I feel like Miami, and we said the same thing about Miami last year against Philly, but I feel like Miami could give them a run for their money. Yes, Milwaukee's missing a lot of players, and Miami is a tough team. Yeah, I feel like I feel like having Dwayne Wade is one guaranteed win right there because I Wade agree. just goes vintage Wade for one game. I agree, but. On Milwaukee, no Brogdon. Uh, who know? Who knows what the status of Miritich is? Who? Someone else just got hurt for them too recently. Was it? Was it Brook Lopez? I think Gasol got hurt. It was Gasol. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um. But they're. But they. 
in, injuries are starting to pile up on them a little bit at the worst time. I wouldn't pick against. Uh, I wouldn't pick against Miami. Or sorry, I wouldn't pick Miami getting swept. I feel like they still lose in six, but they could give them a little bit of a run. Um, something just occurred to me about Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. They're they're not they're not going to take it easy. Giannis wants MVP. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And the funny thing about interesting thing about Miami Milwaukee is. I think that Giannis would take both of these guys to task, but it would be interesting to see what Miami does with uh, uh, Whiteside yeah, love, and Bam Adebayo. I would love to see how Spolstra would try to defend him. I know because Miami, yeah. my, Miami has guys that I feel they like have, you can throw at they have him. Big bodies, like you know James Johnson, even Olynyk. You know they have if they, if they <laughs> oh, wanted God, to. Giannis is on Olynyk. Good God! And if they wanted to, he could do like kind of a Matt Bonner strategy if he wanted to. If he wanted to draw Giannis out the perimeter, he could play Ryan Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, this, so th- th- these are the players that I feel like are capable of guarding Giannis. Okay. Not who, n- not, not who will shut him down, but players that you, that you can put on him. Uh, Justice, tells, Justice Winslow. Something tells me Derek Jones Jr. is going to be in this list. <laughs> <laughs> Justice Winslow, I feel like you're, you're comfortable. Okay. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I feel like Giannis, I mean, Giannis, no one can guard Giannis. But Bam Adebayo, Bam, Jesus, Bam Adebayo. Wow, I couldn't say that. Bam <laughs> Adebayo. Uh, if he gets switched in a pick and roll, that's not the worst thing in the world. James Johnson, I think, is incredibly underrated. Uh, Josh Richardson, I think, is too small. But they have a few guys that at least you can put on to him. So if you had to make a guess right now, what what three teams do you say make it? Or sorry, what two teams do you say make it, and what teams get out? What two teams make it? Okay. As an I... unbiased fan. Ah, oh, shit, this is hard. Ugh! Unfortunately. Okay, I'm saying I think the I think. Ah, God, it's just hard. The Nets schedule is so hard. I don't want to jinx them, but no. the Nets hold the tiebreakers, and the Nets have the best team. Yeah, out I of think the last three teams, they have the, the best Nets, team. The Nets have four games left: Bucks, Toronto. All right, let's let's go through. Did they beat the Bucks? I don't know. They looked really good. It depends if Giannis plays. Giannis he, will play. He wants to win MVP. Uh, the Nets looked really good against. They actually defended Giannis well last time. Like we we lost in the fourth quarter just because like. Okay, but well, like, I'm just talking Giannis, strictly. I'm just talking them really strictly well. wins and losses right now. I think I don't think we win that. All right, what about against Toronto? Okay, let me rephrase this. I think the Nets are going to win at least one out of the four. I think they could win. I think the Nets are going to beat Miami. Yep. I think the Nets are going to beat one out of the three of think, Indiana, I I... Toronto, Milwaukee. I think that I think Atkinson and D'Lo can pull off one of the three. I think D'Lo could get really hot. I think Levert's the final been two fantastic. spots. Levert's I think the final two spots fantastic. become. I think the final two spots become Brooklyn and Orlando. I don't think Ooh. Miami makes that. So, no. I look at I look at this, the games that Miami has left: Toronto, Philly, Boston, Brooklyn, Minnesota. All five of those teams have something to play for, and that's true. Honestly, they could lose all those. Tough. They could lose all five of those games. Yeah, or going one and four or something. Um, I think like, they who, beat, who guards I think, Towns. I think they beat Boston tonight. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, Boston. Um, we barely beat them last game. We had a twenty-three point lead. We ended up trailing at one point. I freaking hate this team sometimes. 
It's the same story you know, every game. Don't say sometimes, Will. You really you just hate this team. I've never hated a Celtics <laughs> team like I hate this one. They're infuriating. All right. Well, I want to talk next episode. We're going to wrap it up there. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. We got a, I've got a really epic night of NBA watching ahead of me. Yep. It's going to be very, very, very exciting as always. Yeah, it's, I, w- I don't want to say like the NBA late season is exciting, but it kind of is right now. It kind of way- is just based on those last the – West, the West is done, but these last three seeds in the East are still competitive. I'm going to watch Boston-Miami tonight. Well, hopefully Celtics are, with, Celtics are without Morris, which is good, but they're also without Jalen, which sucks. Yep. So and we'll, we'll gonna, see what happens. I'm hoping that uh, fucking Dennis Smith is just going to go off and beat the Magic somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Oh, wait. It's, it, Mario Hazonia can get his revenge game. Oh God, the his own <laughs> revenge game. All right, Thank, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. All right, see you.